The day was December 1st, 1955 in Montgomery, Alabama. A young woman who had worked all day sat down in an empty seat on a bus. In the front row, in the first row of back seats reserved as the colored section. Now, after a while, when the white section of the bus had filled up, the driver decided that it was time to move the colored section back a few more rows so that the white passengers didn't have to stand. He then ordered the passengers sitting in those newly established white rows to move. Three of the four passengers did, but that young woman, Rosa Parks, refused, and instead she slid into the window seat, resulting in her arrest. On Monday, December 12th, a bus boycott happened in Montgomery, Alabama that was so successful that the group that put it together decided that they were going to form an activist group named Montgomery Improvement Association. And this group would elect a newcomer to Montgomery as their president, a man by the name of Martin Luther King Jr. Good morning, my name is Jake and this is your Monday morning meditation. This month, we are talking about getting back to basics as we study Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Now, Acts is a history book that focuses on the beginning of the early church and the movement they sparked, written by a man named Luke. It was a detailed history for a man named Theophilus. And what we find sprinkled throughout this book is short little summary paragraphs detailing what the status of the church was. And this section, Acts 42 through 47, is one of those summaries. Now, it's amazing to me just how a simple action can spark a movement. I talked about Rosa Parks already, but a perfect modern day example is the Asbury revival that started on February 8th, 2023. There was a a small group of students who stayed after a morning chapel service, and one of those students openly confessed some of the sins that they were struggling with, which led to a prayer. And that prayer it sparked a 14-day revival service that reached tens of thousands of people and brought the national news media to this tiny town of Wilmore, Kentucky, showing the power of the Holy Spirit and what a small group of believers can start. Much like the early church 2,000 years ago. So now Luke, he's going to give us a very first little glimpse of the beginning stages of the new church, the new followers of the way, as they were called, Christ's church. So today we're going to dig just a little bit deeper, and we're going to start in verse 42. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and the fellowship to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. I want you to see in this verse that it says that they devoted themselves. Devotion isn't a passive word. It's it's a word that takes action. You actually have to give of yourself to be devoted. It, It takes intentionality to be devoted. You give your time, you give your effort, your attention to something that you are devoted to. And you study, you memorize, and you internalize. Now, the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Last week, we talked about the day of Pentecost and how 3,000 Jewish people came to Christ that day because of a sermon preached by Peter. Now, that was 3,000 people who probably knew who Jesus of Nazareth was. He was this crazy, nomadic carpenter, preacher, slash prophet who spoke of wondrous things and who did amazing miracles. Yet he was killed it was, and now it was the job of the apostles to introduce them to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who spoke of wondrous things. 
he did amazing miracles and was crucified and resurrected and was living that day and all the days forward and even today. These Jewish people, they knew the Torah. They grew up hearing it in the temple. But now they needed to hear the rest of the story. How Jesus came to fulfill the laws that they knew, observed, and abided by. They needed to know how to live in this new covenant that was signed with the blood of Jesus. They also devoted themselves to their fellowship. That Greek word is actually koinonia, which means fellowship or communion. And when it comes to our faith walks, there are really two relationships that we really need to focus on. The first is a very vertical relationship, and this is our relationship with God the Father. It's probably the most important relationship that we can have. And then there's the second, which is a horizontal relationship. And this is the relationship that we have with other believers. The vertical relationship fuels us while the horizontal fuels our others. In the same way, we need both relationships to continue on in our faith journey. And two of the ways that this early group of believers did this was through the sharing of meals and through prayer. Meals were very important in the Jewish faith. It was, it was a time of fellowship, a time of remembrance. And besides, you, you can't really go wrong with a good meal. And they made a point to enjoy meals with each other. There were two different types of meals. There was a community meal, and then there was this meal of remembrance or the Lord's Supper. You may know it today as communion. And each one of these meals had its own significance. The community meal was, would strengthen their relationship with each other. And the Lord's Supper helped to strengthen the relationship with Christ by remembering that sacrifice that was given for them. And then there were the prayers. Praying is such an important part of our faith. It is how we commune with God. It's how we can center ourselves. And once again, like all the other things, they had private prayers between them and God, and then they had this public or corporate prayer where the group as a whole joined together and they prayed with God. And as always, each one helped to strengthen and build their their different relationships. And then we read in verse 43, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Basically, what this verse is saying is that God was working through this group. If God wasn't working through them, then there would not have been, they wouldn't have been able to do all those signs and wonders. You know, sometimes I wonder, did the disciples even really know what was going to happen? Did they even think that their movement would take off like it did? I really don't think that their goal was to plant all these different churches, but rather to just be faithful to God's calling. They were just trying to live out that great commission that Jesus told them to go to all nations, disciple them, baptize, and teach them. They didn't have extensive five-year plans. There weren't any budget meetings. They didn't have to put it in committee to vote on it. They just went and did it, and it blew up. So what are some takeaways? Well, first of all, I encourage everyone to find a good biblical church to attend. And I want to emphasize that word, biblical. A, a church that isn't looking to the culture to shape its theology, but it rather looks at the Bible for its authority. 
teaching that Jesus is like a vending machine where you get to choose what kind of Jesus you want is a very dangerous practice. And unfortunately, it's being seen more and more in our churches. Rather, find a church who tells you who Jesus is, shows you his love, and most importantly, what he did for you on the cross. All the while still holding scripture as the ultimate authority. Secondly, build a community around you. I talked earlier about the vertical and the horizontal relationships that we need to have. You can think of it almost like building a fire. You, you light the fire in one spot and, and that flame goes vertical. It reaches up. But then that flame begins to spread and it travels horizontally. If you take away the other logs from the fire, then it will consume the one log that it's on and it eventually dies out. It really has nowhere to spread. And if you take away the flame from the fire, then nothing else is going to burn. You need both in order to have a successful fire. And a lone wolf approach is, is not beneficial for anyone. You know, Jesus made sure to surround himself with people who he could teach, who he could build into, who he could disciple. I mean, if anyone could have done it alone, it really could have been him. But instead, he chose to do it in community, and he modeled for us the way that we are to live out our faith together. We live in a period of time where loneliness is so prevalent. A study down in, done in 2018 that found that almost half of the 20,000 participants felt lonely or left out. Followers of Christ need to stand up and say, hey, I see you. Come with me. And maybe eat some food with them. Next is prayer. It needs to be the most prevalent thing in your life. Are, are, are you one of those people that prays only in when times of trouble strike? I admit that there are times that I can be, but prayer is meant for all times and situations, both good and bad. And I, I get it. Praying can be hard. There's still times where I struggle, where I'm good for about five minutes, but then my mind, it begins to wander. While it can be annoying, there are times though when I've had a revelation or a realization during those times of wandering. Don't be annoyed if it happens. Embrace it and continue on. And if you still struggle, don't hesitate to write your prayers down. I have notebooks full of prayers. And the advantage of this is that I can go back and I can see how God has been working in my life. Which leads me to the last point. Watch for God to work in your life. And it may not be some glorious revelation, no bright lights and angel choirs pouring down on you, but you begin to notice subtle changes in your life as you devote yourself to God. Even when it doesn't feel like it, God is always at work in our lives. Never lose that hope. Let's pray. Father, you have built into us the desire for fellowship. Fellowship with you and fellowship with one another. We live in a time where loneliness is becoming a pandemic. Help us to reach out to one another for comfort, for strength, and for faith. Help fuel that desire within us for relationship with you as well. And keep that fire burning inside each and every one of us. To be united with you and to be united with each other. 
In your name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me this morning for your Monday morning moment. I encourage you to check out all things Mission 4110. You can find the link in the show notes. If you found encouragement today, please share this with someone that you know who needs encouragement as well. Also, follow us on your podcasting app so that you can be alerted every Monday when a new morning moment releases. And finally, head over to our YouTube page and like and subscribe there as well. Now, right now it's kind of blank and there's nothing going on, but new video content is coming soon. Once again, my name is Jake and this is your Mission 4110 Monday Morning Moment. Where our hope is that you will experience the gospel of Jesus Christ in your life today. Until next time, take care and God bless.